Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Cereal was one of my favorite foods growing up. It was like dessert for breakfast. You can get something delicious with some milk. It would be cold, crackly, all different kinds of textures and sugary as hell. But now that I'm older and trying to eat better and actually can't have that much sugar else, my next day kind of stinks or later on that afternoon I'm crashing. That's why I'm so pumped to have Magic Spoon, the cereal company that has amazing flavors without all the bad stuff. Let's talk through this real quick. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You could build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. Uh, they just brought back the cookies and cream and maple waffle permanently. They were highlight flavors. They were introduced for a limited time. People really dug them. They're both fantastic. I got a lot of favorites in here, but the maple waffle is currently my thing. I ordered another couple of boxes. They sent me a free sample, and then I paid for more boxes because the maple waffle is fantastic, and it's a great like healthy dessert when you know when you want one more bite for fourth meal but you don't want to mess around with too much carbs or sugar right before bed so you do that so go to magicspoon.com/ham to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today and be sure to use our promo code ham at checkout to save $5 off your first order magic spoon is so confident in their product it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked i say Go for it. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash ham and use the code ham to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, standing six foot two, 285 pounds. Nassau County, Long Island, the South Shore, the poor part. That will come into play later on in this episode. You will see. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my nearly silent host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. All you gotta do is trust me. That's him doing his Jackson Maine impression. Arthur, that is dated. Please stop doing that. Also, 
Speaking of dated comedy, here's a comedian I've known for over a decade. I know him. I love him. You will feel the same way. It's Sean O'Connor. Zero chance I can match that energy. That is just Smart. not who I, but I, but I, I love it. I love hearing it. I love waking my child up while he's sleeping in the car with your intro. He knows you're the number one fuck boy. We love he it. better not forget it. Hey, Gabriel's weird request, but for my son's sixth birthday, he kind of wants you to show up and do your intro to your podcast. Yeah. He wants you to introduce him as LA's number one fuck boy. It's the birthday boy. <laughs> uh dude sean thank you so much for coming on this is uh the, this conversation we've known each other for a long time but recently we i've we've both connected to each other's twitter or stories about our youths because they don't line up at all with who we are as people now not at all. Like it's confusing to like when I I talk to like my friends from growing up, they like they hate who I've become. Even yeah. though like it's somebody with a family and a job and uh no Tupac posters on his wall. <laughs> yeah, my family is like I, I remember my brothers used to roast me in like 2005 when I moved to Brooklyn because they would say like, what are you getting your latte and using the Wi-Fi? And it's like, yes, oh, yeah. you guys are anti Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing fancy about Wi-Fi. We're still just jerking off at our job's bathroom. It's the most important. Yeah, I mean, it's like a huge utility now for people. It's OK to use Wi-Fi. You don't have to Ethernet only, bro. None of that gay Wi-Fi yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow. yeah, it's called plug. Plugging in, uh, but yeah, we, yeah. I mean, it's so strange, and I feel like yeah, I've known you for so long. I'll never forget the first time I met you. You, I auditioned for this poker show on Comedy Central. Oh and, my god, yes, like Dave Hill was in the audition or something. Yeah, yeah. It was like there was like so. It was just anyone with a misshaped body was you know, <laughs> was auditioning. If you were in New York and you were like kind of potatoey, they were like, here you go. And They're like, like oh, we need far side level actors. We need like guys yeah. who. <laughs> yeah, they, I think it was like there was two teams and like you played with a regular person. Julian McCullough was the host, so they knew he fucked. And then like. And then, like, I auditioned, and I remember going in. I was like, I fucking killed it. And then uh, they were like, you didn't get it. I was like, who did? I asked Julian. He was like, John Gabers. I was like, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> then I went to the taping, and I was like, oh, it makes perfect sense why he got it. He's really funny. It seems like he's played poker before. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even – I remember auditioning for it but not shooting it, which is so funny. Yeah, it was, and it was like, they didn't shoot it in a fucking studio. They shot it in a nightclub basement. It was so weird. Oh my God, yes. Yes, I remember this. Yo, the amount of jobs I did for $200 where I like committed my everything I had in my body comedically, like riffing everything I could do. And when they're like, great, here's your $150 show didn't get picked up. It's like, oh. I did that countless times in new york <laughs> oh my god yeah the amount of times that i was on vh1 that i've never heard other than like times that like black women have stopped me at like comics at foxwoods to be like you are on vh1 and i was like was i <laughs> no idea oh a to z cars that, that's yeah. cool yeah yeah i'm like i guess i did talk about gavin rossdale a lot i <laughs> <laughs> Sean O'Connor goes inside Bush. Oh, this is misleading. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought this would be dirtier. <laughs> uh, well, but and that's that's crazy because that's such a degenerate setup for the two of us to be like non-union basement comedy uh, poker imp uh, improv show is how we both ran into each other for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. I think that was what New York was in 2008. It was yeah. that and like my girls by animal collective was playing. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that sort of bridges the gap between your New Jersey youth and your current Los Angeles adulthood. The same way it's mine. It's sort of like one <laughs> yeah. foot in the past of basement poker, one yeah. foot in the future of making two hundred dollars a week doing something that something that no one else can do apparently except for me, but I still can only make a couple hundred bucks. A week. <laughs> <laughs> this business fucking rules, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I just I just wanted to say you deserve the role. You were incredible in it, and it should have gone on for at least one season. Yeah, we should have seen one episode. Thank you, by the way. Thank. <laughs> Honestly, you could just even don't even have to say the date if you're like they were developing a poker based show. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. hosted by Chris Moneymaker. <laughs> uh, it's a spawn con for Oakleys and goatees. <laughs> show for cops by cops. Um, I want. I want to talk about because so frequently I feel like I'm in the same position as you where I'm like, oh, shit, man. Oh, God. I remember when we threw a fucking computer printer off the overpass and we hit that woman's car or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, what? And I'm like, oh, you know, just I was a kid. <laughs> and they were like, oh, the, yeah. Like when I think I'm have I have like the relatable teenage years with people. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I tell a story and they're like, were you concerned that you may have killed someone? I'm like, didn't even think about it. Like, <laughs> like I remember being in a scavenger hunt and we took like. Like we went into like a bowling alley and took like a bunch of bowling balls. Like there was like seven of us. We piled into a car with all these bowling balls that we just stole from bowling alley. And then we like rolled them down the highway, which is like fucking insane. So, so dangerous. Yeah. What's the statute of limitations? Cause I'm about to cop to like some serious, like, like some of this might be considered aggravated assault or something like yeah. that. But that is always my worry, because, like, I, I'm prepared to talk about all of my Tri-State scumbaggery, <laughs> and, like, I am also worried, because, like, I worked for some, like, really questionable dudes who might put, like, a gun in my mouth next time I'm home. <laughs> I, I forget who I was talking to about this. I was like, yeah, he actually used to bartend in college until the two owners and I got in a fist fight in the kitchen, and they were like, what? I'm like, they were, like, Albanian mafia and had to, like... <laughs> demonstrate physical dominance over me or something. People are like, what was your life? And I was like, I needed cash. I was ready to wrestle my mobster boss for fucking extra shift at the foxhole. <laughs> and those were the right. I'm like calling them the Albanian mafia out loud on a podcast. Now I'm going to get fucking I watch too much Bosch. I'm ready to get fucking iced. Oh, all the time. And I that that is the thing is I would always like kind of shoot my mouth off. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that could like really come back to haunt <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Like, 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 I remember going to like a graduation party and like uh, this kid I went to high school with, like his dad was like in the shit. <laughs> like, we were in there and we and were just family, saying, I'm going to I'm going to do this signal my family does when that when that's the case. <laughs> they put one finger on their nose to make it crooked and go, well, you know, he's a little uh, got friends over there. You know, just, yeah. my grandpa would do that. And we would just know what that meant of like, yeah, yeah, stay away from Jimmy V or whatever. Oh, yeah. And like we were all like keeping our and then like we got like kind of drunk and then we just started mouthing off to like these like just truly like 
the guys who were like probably like 65 and would still kick the shit out of 18 year olds. Right. Yeah. And we were like mouthing off and we we're like, what? And like our friend had to like pull us in. He's like, Hey, I think it's time for you to go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my dad's friends are going to curb stomp you. <laughs> Dude. I, I, is this a tri-state? I, I feel like this is a thing everywhere, but I find this was very, we had a, a one of our friends in our, in our little small nerd group, uh, his older brother was like seven years older and cooler, like was like was like a in our school. It was like the two ways to be cool were either as a jock or as a dirtbag. That was like the delineation. And that delineation would fist fight weekly or monthly it would be like jocks <laughs> yeah. versus dirtbag rumble by the where by the smoking section. They called it the ashtray where everyone smokes cigs on campus on in high school. I'd be like, there's a fucking jocks versus dirtbags. Uh, and like people are con- like confidently calling themselves the dirtbag. I'm with the dirtbags. It's like, oh, uh, of course. No, that is I think that's like the only like <laughs> I I remember very I was friends with the dirtbags like, <laughs> exclusively. And I remember I, I wanted to I wanted to get out of this rut and I uh went I joined like the school play and then all of my friends made fun of me so I quit. <laughs> and that and that is what it is like to grow up the tri-state area. If you have any dream outside of like maybe working at New Jersey Transit. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to be a cop, they have no idea what to tell yeah. you. Uh, yeah. uh Gary Goldman's uh, special, The Great Depression, where he mentions wanting to drink Sprite as a kid, but like it would get him roasted too hard. Like they would call him gay for drinking Sprite. It's like wildly relatable where it's like my like my dad's my uncles and my dad's friends would be like thought I was gay because I like movies. I'd be like, he likes him a little too much. He knows a little too much. Anything oh. that you, anything that stepped out of like the line of like alpha maildom was just instantly attacked with homophobia. Uh, misogyny, just like everything in my life was like, don't get called a girl, don't get called gay. Like, like everything in my life was like, avoid those two things. Big time. I mean, like, I specifically remember, like, my mom got orbits once that, like, that, like, soda that had, like, little orbs in it. <laughs> uh, like, little, like, jelly b- bubbles. Like, boba, I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, and I, like, had it, and I was like, oh, it's rules. And then I, like, brought my friends, and we were like, let's go get some of this, this drink. I was, like, raving about it, and they were like, that's fucking colorful cum. You're drinking cum, man. I was oh, like... That's, <laughs> was like, like, the worst thing. <laughs> no, yeah. this can't happen to me right now. Yeah, it's like you're like your mom. Your mom loves cum. And I was just like, no, this is like, why are you doing this? (laughs) I watched you put sour cream on your quesadilla yesterday, man. That's cum, right? It's cum. You find yourself. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. That's a whole other thing. I can't to this day eat mayonnaise, like ranch dressing, <laughs> sour cream. Cause like my friends made fun of me for liking it. And I'm just like, I now have like an aversion to it. I'm fucking broken. And then you can over defend. Like this was such a thing too. You over defend yourself. And then that's more of the problem. Like uh, to give you an example, uh, we were drunk. My family was on vacation in like the Bahamas or something. Some all-inclusive place when I was in like, I was like 21 or whatever. Bombed out of our minds. I, my brother, like that everyone's making fun of me and I'm so fucked up. And I just say, like, why can't everybody just leave me alone? And I go to run into the other room and I trip and fall and hit, like slide into the bathroom. And 
that this was 2003. My family still says, why won't everybody just leave me alone whenever I'm like worked up in any capacity? <laughs> 18 years ago, 18 years. I don't even remember saying it out loud because I was blacked out. But I hear about it constantly from my family still. <laughs> oh my God. I went, I went to a, this is something that has been brought up a lot with all of my friends. I went to a Catholic school in like the smallest town on the Jersey shore. It's like this like super shitty town. It has like a thousand people who lives there and everyone kind of goes to the school and in an eighth grade basketball game, when I was getting put in, I had breakaway pants and I tried to pull them and I, took my whole body up in the air and then landed on my head in front of like everyone I knew. And to this day, everyone just mocks me like about how excited I was to finally get to go to a basketball game that I gave myself a concussion. And then like, for some reason, getting a concussion made me gay. Like, and I- <laughs> dude, this uh, also, we, we should probably say anyone who's like 25 in the tri-state area, their experience might be different now. Cause we are also, we're in, we're in the we're talking the night going to high school in the late 90s where it's like yeah. that's the tail end of like actually we're not supposed to talk to children like that anymore <laughs> like, <laughs> it is the last few years i the example i always use is that my college my high school football coach started calling me gay boy because of my last name and then i had him in history class and he called me gay boy and then Everyone in the school and the teachers and everyone just started calling me gay boy. And it was insane. And like at the time, I was just like, this sucks. But what can you do? It's my last name. And then like 10 years later, you know, like 10 years ago, uh, I was like, that shit would never happen now that would be insane <laughs> he would be like literally on the cover of the new york post his, yes. his, him getting fired for doing that yeah i mean like, he did get fired years later for allowing like a little too intensive hazing to happen at a not a little too intensive hazing for a sexual assault to happen during a hazing at my high school <laughs> you know like i i was friends with a kid who went to another high school and then he transferred into our high school and he he the reason why he transferred is like Hit the coaches of his football team in freshman year, like just shoved a broomstick up his ass. That's <laughs> like, yeah, like that happened. That's what ha- a kid got sodomized by, like a golf club or a broomstick, uh, at at our high school. Uh, this was like five years after I graduated. But the football coach was sort of like maybe part of covering it up or trying to make it say it's not a big yeah. deal. And they fucking I fired him. Sorry, Coach Mac. Peace out. I like your hairstyle. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm so lucky that I, I quit freshman football because the moment the moment that they uh, the te- like the coaches were teaching you how to take out other players legs. I was like, <laughs> as an offensive lineman, I'm like, oh, other schools are learning how to do that to fucking my legs. And they're and... definitely more athletic than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I remember, I remember my high school started with me crying in front of my freshman football coach, <laughs> quitting, handing in my practice uniform. And like, he just de- lost all respect for me. I didn't have it all four years. I, so I had to like, like drugs after that. That's the only <laughs> way out of that. <laughs> That really makes that 
that's relatable. I cried in eighth grade wrestling when I got I got dominated and pinned so hard. The dude made me cry. And that was like the one event sporting event. My dad was like not at work for <laughs> It was just like, it's OK, Johnny. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I was so crushed by it. I was like, fuck me. <laughs> oh, man. I, the amount of sketchy shit I did also pales in comparison to the amount of sketchy shit that happened to me that like talking about earlier I said my friends older brothers who were like sort of like tough guys they were in like a street gang but it was like just middle class white kids fist fighting other middle class middle class white kids but these guys would we would be at my friend's house playing D&D on a Friday night and the brother would like kick the door open and be like come outside it's swimming races loser gets pelted with a basketball and we just had to do like like literally like thunderdome level like entertainment like this older brother would make two of us tie our hands together and put on one hockey glove each and fight for him and his friends like truly like i i like i have so much sketchy shit done to me in the past where it's like i'm i'm surprised i'm not that normal but I'm 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 proud of how normal and adjusted I am. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Like, yeah, I mean, the older like my friends, older brothers all would like we were like right around that age where we were probably like 12 during like nitro parties. <laughs> uh, like in, uh, WCW Monday Nitro parties, where like, no more the video yeah. game WCW NWO activated Monday Night Nitro for me as I had fallen out of wrestling and kicked right back in with Sting and the Wolfpack and everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, so like we we watch wrestling, and then our friends' uh, older brothers all started watching wrestling. They got back into it at that time, and then they would have like crazy Nitro parties that we would be watching wrestling, and then they would just kick the shit out of us like i i have a permanent scar on my leg because my friend uh got like a glass thing broken over his head like a, <laughs> like that like i guess like 17 year old boys didn't realize that everything was gimmicked yeah in wrestling <laughs> and like they sugar glass guys huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. smash <laughs> yeah so my friend got that and then they threw me over and i landed on the glass and i have a permanent scar on my knee from where I was just gushing blood and getting called a pussy for crying. <laughs> Dude, that, the fr the older brother's friend group used to do something called the stamp of approval to us where they'd be like, all right, everyone, time for the stamp of approval. And that meant they would lift up your shirt and open hand slap you as hard as they could in the back to give you a handprint on your back. So it was like fucking the Arukai in fucking uh, Lord of the Rings. We all had like, giant handprints on our back. Uh, and they would have girls with them and the girls like we're we're like 14. These guys are 19 and 20 and the chicks are all 19, 18, 17, 18, 19. And they're hot. And so we're like any chance to be around them. And they'd be like, Gabrus, get on the fucking uh, our names too. like we're JP Gabrus. So everything was gay P Gabrus. And then my friend Stanford, <laughs> they called him Sanfa gay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, they they would like make me do the truffle shuffle on the diving board like and I'm so I'm so now comfortable with my body, but not at the time and especially in front of women. And I'd be like, oh, and they're like faster, jiggle it more. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like I thought I wasn't fat anymore. It just absolutely it, it really like broke me down and then built me back up in a terrible way. But the one thing I don't have 
is the desire to pass that shit on. So many people fucking just turn like like my dad is was a great example of someone who was beaten by his father and then was like, I'll never beat my kids like that. Yeah. I'll hit them to prove that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so you're slightly better than your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. be way better than you and not hit any of my kids or even fucking have them. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, no, but that is like, I, like I still have a complex with taking my shirt off in a pool, like just yeah. from how much abuse I got. And my nickname was Nugget, like an older kid called Ooh. me Nugget. Oh, yeah, that's hard. That's a hard it was, one. It was awful. My friend's older brother, Rob, he had this girlfriend, Betsy, who I can't remember what she looks like, but I remember her name, Betsy, because he just kept going, Betsy, look at Nugget's titties. Oh. Look at Nugget's titties. And he would like move them around. And it was so humiliating. Oh, <laughs> okay. Here's a a little bit of a front, uh, front porch to a story, but uh, the group I used to hang out with in high school, uh, guys called Mike's and the Johns, because there were like five Mike's and four Johns, because it was all white kids born in 1982. Uh, and we uh, we were at a sleepover party and a rumor had been going around high school that something was uh, it, maybe it was even junior high. It was eighth grade. Something was wrong with my dick because my girlfriend at the time was giving me a hand job and I didn't come. So she tells all her friends that there's something wrong with my dick. They tell all my guy friends at this party. It comes out in front of like my 10 friends. They're like, yeah, Jen is saying you have like something weird with your dick where you didn't come when she was jerking you off. And I'm I'm in eighth grade or ninth grade. I'm coming into my own as like a confident, funny person as, as a self-defense mechanism. I will later learn from uh, therapy. Yeah. But uh I, I go like, that's because she's not good at it. I'm yeah. in eighth grade. I'm jerking off like daily and she's doing like rodeo grip down my yeah. rusty corduroys. Like, like anything can happen. I don't come. So I'm telling you, I'm like, it's because I jerk off too much. And then the next morning at breakfast, I guess my friend's older brother, who's like this guy, Mark, who famously would come home from the gym and put dry protein powder in his mouth and then drink milk <laughs> out of the fridge and, and like cough and choke on it, but like get it down that fast, like the most Long Island shit ever. He was like, here, you're the jerk off boy. I'm like, well, and I'm like, we're all jerk off boys. He's like, said, I heard you jerked off so much. A girl couldn't make you come. I'm like, that's not what we were saying. And then his girlfriend, <laughs> yeah. classic, his girlfriend is over. He's like, Trish, it's the jerk off boy. My friend's mom comes home, the woman's house who were like gave us permission to sleep there. And he's like, Ma, it's jerk off boy. You got to say hi to jerk off boy. And I'm like, it's not a creative name. And now everyone is calling me jerk off boy. Like 20 year olds are calling a 14 year old boy jerk off boy forever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, but that like that is like what the tri-state area was to me is that like everyone is just getting me fun of all the time. Like I remember one one sleepover, my friend's parents like loudly fucked. And then like everyone was just like, uh, oh man, Gilga's parents fuck so loud. And like, yeah. <laughs> and it's not even his fault of his own. In hindsight, it's actually an amazing thing that his parents still loved each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't even, I haven't even seen my parents kiss, you fucking loser. And your parents have sex with each other. You're a freak. You come from a yeah. loving family. 
exactly like seriously like my parents are just super repressed irish people who are like super conservative i think they've had sex three total times that was for a kid each time yeah same here i have three yeah yeah Yeah, it's always the death star it's always the death star shot with my dad just like right in the hole (laughs) only one way to do this hon (laughs) so like yeah like it was it, it was just and like my friend was like, no, like shut up, like just getting like really upset that like people were talking about his fr- his his parents fucking, and it's uh, that's just not something to make fun of at all. <laughs> like, I, I will say that that energy propelled me into comedy, like the ability to be a be able to handle anything people say about me in public or in private, like just being like, that's my family members have said worse to me. Uh, so you can't <laughs> hurt me. Twitter comment. And then secondly, just like having to constantly fight back, like it became and my family is still like this. My nuclear family is still brutal. We're all brutal to each other. And it's just like other people don't. I assume that was everyone's life. And uh, like, especially once we got to comedy, once I started doing comedy and I I got, you know, I was at the UCB with other comedians. I'm like, all these motherfuckers are just like me. Right. You fucking dumpy prick. And people are like, oh, man. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I I still find myself in conversations with like friends going I'm like. I've never had to fight with a friend about anything. Like they usually just take it. Like this is what friendship is. And then I'm like, Oh no, I'm an idiot. I grew up in New Jersey. I started doing comedy in New Jersey. And then I moved to New York with all of my New Jersey friends. So like we were, and your friends were either from New Jersey or from comedy, which are not the two best places to pull from for emotional depth. Yeah. So it's like, so like I have like a, I have like a recent friend and he's from like Georgia and I'm like, wait, you don't like getting called like me making fun of your little dick like I yeah. know that's what we did that's what friends do right. <laughs> yeah you can feel that energy right away the first time I really feel that is with like I call them in-laws but like any of my wife's friends that I end up that she meets independently that I end up becoming tight with where I, like we'll just be like hanging out and it's like this is my, our, my friend Jimmy and I'm like ah Jimmy what the fuck what are you fucking talking about dude like and I'll just like roast him for something and he's like he like can't And you're like, oh, my God, right. People are not equipped for this behavior because this is not what happens to executives at companies. Like, Like, this is what happens to me and my friend. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah. Why don't you put it in a fucking memo, bro? And he's like, huh? And I'm like, sorry, I don't know how to behave around people. (laughs) Yeah, like, I no, that happened uh, with, like, my wife's friends where I was, like, just being self-deprecating. And then, like, after they're like, is he like really depressed? <laughs> Dude, like- <laughs> when whenever I like whenever I like uh, that's how you know you're with someone that is not fu- doesn't fully understand you isn't from the same place as when they're going you're not fat and you're like yeah. dude i'm so i'm laughing through this and also yes i am like, shut the fuck up like and it's like oh my god right you this person's never sat across from someone who's like i i'm gonna come in a split second with my little fucking dick it's humiliating oh yeah. jesus christ and people are like what is this yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I always forget that, like, you know, like somebody who's like a fucking dentist doesn't like just doesn't randomly say, oh, if I if I never if I shook Rihanna's hand, I'd bust in my pants. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, what? Like, you, <laughs> they're like, you that's actually see- not possible. You're like, OK, hold on. <laughs> Let me yeah, explain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Dude, that's so that is so real. The look on someone else's face when you're like, oh, just a reminder of the company I'm in. Like, it's not the same where it's like yeah. you do something super. So you're like, yeah, well, I wasn't around Jan six because I was over in Washington, D.C. with some buddies, you know, just swinging flags around at, fr- you know, with friends. And everyone's like, huh? And I'm like, oh, my God. No, I'm jo- I'm obviously joking. I'm not Jay Johnstone. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, just the, the, all those jokes. I, yeah, I guess uh, just, when did you start? I started at 19. So, like, in my head, my whole adult life is just, like, talking about my dick in public. Yeah, I, like, I started doing sketch com- sketch and improv comedy in uh, college. So, I was, like, 18, 19 years old. And I instantly, like, just the filthiest, dirtiest, most... I was so... Like, eventually, there was, like, a moth show, kind of, at UCB called Nights of Our Lives, which was just, like... Uh, I think you probably done, yeah. it, but like an earnest yeah. storytelling show. And I had not known that, like, I was developing that skill set. I'm not a good joke writer, but I'm very good at revealing dark shit about myself <laughs> comfortably. <laughs> and it was like, oh, when that show came out, I was like, well, I was telling these stories at UCB that people at UCB had no relation to. And it was like, yeah, I was 14 years old, drunk. My friend was getting a blowjob in front of me. And then a guy hit me in the head with a bottle and I got knocked out and lost a tooth and didn't tell my parents because I didn't want to get in there like, what? This has never happened. Anyone's like, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, like, truly, like, yeah, like, every single person I know has, like, these outrageous stories. I, like, like, I got suspended in high school for, like, taking fake gay pictures so we could send them <laughs> to girls and, like, they would fuck us straight. Like, which is, like... like I, got, I, I got in a lot of trouble <laughs> in junior high for posting a ranking of the 10 hottest girls in our junior high. Like, truly, like, I was, like, trying to be, like, American Pie came out, and I was like, my friends are more fucked up than these guys. Like, we're already yeah. doing worse shit than these guys, and we're five years younger than them. <laughs> Dude, me and like two of my friends in high school, I remember we had a live journal that was all about a janitor, Sonny, raping this senior, Matt. We were like freshmen and like (laughs) we hated this senior so much that we wrote a blog as the janitor. And it was just like erotica about him fucking the senior. And one of our friends left it open on the computer and like it became like a huge thing. Like our parents had to get involved there. Our parents were very confused, like. What what are we what raising? The, someone yeah. launched the Mepham Bash board. The moment we got the internet at our school, which was like my junior year, they're like weird ass. The moment we got it, someone launched something called the Mepham Bash board, and it was just blind items about everyone at school. It's like John Gaber sucks BJ Carp's cock or whatever. And it's like because we went to the gym together, and it was like everyone knows Gaber's is fucking gay, sucks dick all the time. I was in the Gay Straight Alliance because I like truly wanted to just because I became so powerfully confident that I was so beating everyone to the punch all the time that I just joined the first. (laughs) I was the only straight member of the gay straight alliance in like 1998 Long Island out of like spite to other people, almost to say, like, bring it on in some capacity, because I I I knew at the time it was like I could handle this. No one else. Here's a grown up example, like modern something. I always talk about, I'm like, I'll be in mixed company and I'll say something to the effect. And I'm, I'm almost 40. It's weird for me to even say this every once in a while, but I'll be like, you know what's wrong with that dude? He's never been punched in the face. And then like someone will go, yeah, well, neither have I. And like other eight people at the party are like, I've never been punched in the face. And I'm like, what? 
How are you 40 having never been punched in the face? They're like, I mean, when I was like a kid, I'm like, no, like I'm talking 19. You didn't get like knocked out at a bar. And they're like, no. And I was yeah, like, wait, what were you, what were you doing at parties? What were you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember going to like visit my friends at school and like going to like frat parties and like starting shit at their school. Yeah. Like I just like our whole group of friends. I remember we went to uh, what was it? A uh, Stockton in New Jersey. We went down there and like they had black light beer pong and we were just, I kept turning the light on and they were like, please stop doing that. And I was like, okay. And then they like would turn it on again, just pushing buttons, like, just like, please murder me and ditch my body in the woods. Yeah, like, please, <laughs> please swing at me because I don't think I'm going to get laid tonight and I need to get this fucking energy out of me. And if yeah. it's by screaming in each other's faces over like the amount of like parties, I'm so okay at parties now, but the amount of parties I would be like, dragged out of for like by my even my own friends you know where they're like all right all right calm down i'm like i'll fucking kill this motherfucker it's like why it's like he blindsided you because you called his girlfriend fat dude he was right and you're like oh okay <laughs> oh yeah that that was also the crazy thing is like i like when i moved to new york i brought that energy to new york which was just like it was not met it was not it was not received well, like I'm so very much relatable. <laughs> I instantly was considered a bully at UCB because I gave everyone flashbacks to their fucking nerdy theater high school lives uh, when I showed up and I was just like from rugby practice with my rugby bag. Being like, all right, let's do this fucking whack ass Harold shit you guys want to do. And I'll, I'm into it. I'm I love improv. I'm I, I'm a student of it. I'm just going ape shit. And then it was just like the behavior was just insane. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, yeah, no I want acts like this, dude. We're all like nerds. We're all just supportive of each other. I'm like, okay. Oh, I, I I remember getting thrown out of like a comedian's Halloween party, and I was like, no one as untalented as you kicks me out of a party, and I punched the wall, and it was like cement, and I just <laughs> broke my hand, <laughs> and that that was the energy I was bringing, like. Yeah. <laughs> Back to school, back to the office. Fall is upon us, uh, and it's a busy time. But HelloFresh recipes can save time you'd otherwise be spent meal planning, shopping, chopping, so you can get back to what matters. And uh, HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, vegetarian meals to calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy, with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And for me, the thing I like the most about HelloFresh is once you've picked your meals, you don't have to worry. Like there's no more decision making. I love the ability to just sit here and say like, what do we have to eat tonight? Perfect. That's what's for dinner. Everything they got is so good. So it's super easy. But my favorite HelloFresh recipe is their Gouda burgers. Big fan of cheeseburgers in general and big, big fan of Gouda on a burger. Something I never thought of until I had it here at HelloFresh. Now, Take the pressure off of what you're going to order for dinner, what you're going to make for dinner, and just sign up for HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash high14 and use code high14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. So that's HelloFresh.com slash high14. Use code high14, 14 free meals, including free shipping. America's number one meal kit. Oh, yeah. Look, there's at 
adaptogens and mu- functional mushrooms in so much stuff lately. You're drinking mushroom tea, you're dr- blah, blah, blah. We all know what, func- well, we don't necessarily know what functional mushrooms are, but they have adaptogens which act on a cellular level to bring your mind and body to balance. You could support mood, energy, gut health, and even experience better sleep and immune system strength with an adaptogen routine. We know they're good for you, but they always weirdly taste mushroom or <laughs> they don't have like a, a, a texture. You know, it's like weird powder. Uh, you're not sure how much you want to take. But luckily, Wonder Day Mushroom Gummies, the world's first mushroom multi that combines the power of 10 research-backed adaptogenic mushrooms, including lion's mane, reishi, and shaga, incravably chef-crafted pre-dose gummies we dare to eat just to a day. Got the raspberry flavor here. Mm, that's good. Uh, I'm enjoying... Uh, I like... Uh, the health benefits that come with this, uh, there's, you feel, you sleep better, you get better digestion, which is very important to me. And the raspberry flavor really does taste like Swedish fish, which is pretty solid. Uh, I'm looking forward to now that I'm back in my, uh, and I have my plant people, uh, mushroom gummies here. I'm looking forward to getting on a regimen and letting you guys know how it really helps. So like you could boost your mood with lion's mane and chaga, reduce stress with chaga and rishi, energy levels increase with cordyceps and maitake, improve focus with lion's mane and cordyceps. You know, they all do different stuff. Nourish your gut with turkey tail and rishi. So go to try.plantpeople.co slash mighty to get 15% off your first order with code MIGHTY. There's also links in the show notes. So that's T-R-Y dot P-L-A-N-T-P-E-O-P-L-E dot C-O slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Love feeling wonderful or your money back. Try.plantpeople.co slash MIGHTY. Me and my friends in college, me, me and my housemates would get like they were all Long Island and Staten Island guys. I wasn't friends with them before uh, college, but we connected. We would just be like someone would just start some shit or like we'd be at the diner and some guy would say some shit to us like, hey, can you not keep it quiet over there? And me and my friends would be like, yeah, sure. No problem. And then whisper about the guy the entire time and then leave. Know which car was his and then slash or all four tires with forks and knives stolen from the diner. Like just yeah. <laughs> committing, committing like legit fa- in high school. We used to run through people's backyards and then like uh, sometimes throw a chair through like their sliding glass door, <laughs> like for no reason other than pure vandalism. <laughs> D- yeah, dude, my, I, uh, my friend, Nick, every party he went to in high school, no matter what, he would piss in the family's like toothbrush holder. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> just it was like his calling card like and it, our, our thing was you me and my buddies would just take the remotes from every house party knowing that would be the most <laughs> biggest problem ever we we had like a drawer full of universal remotes by the end of the year <laughs> oh yeah i mean that like yeah uh just yet yeah, fucking vandalism i remember like was senior year of high school uh me and all my friends, we worked as telemarketers, uh, like in the summer and like anyone who was like near us, like in a 25 mile radius, if they like were rude to us on the phone, telemarketers, they're going to be rude. We're calling people in New Jersey to like, buy their fucking address. S- <laughs> we have their address. We went, we went on like this. We were just egging people's houses that were rude to us. And it's like, we didn't care about the job. We just wanted to like, like fuck society or something. Yeah, it was know. like it just wanted to do violence to some degree, whether <laughs> yeah. 
the the thing that got us in a lot of hot water was right when we first got cars. It was Christmas time, and this was in the late '90s. A popular thing in Long Island at the uh, at the uh, Christmas celebrating houses were those sort of like white cutout deer that were made from like two legs and a body, and they kind of just like piece together. We would put collect like dozens from the neighborhood set them up in like a big reindeer orgy in the middle of the street and then drive our cars through them, smashing them all. Oh, that that's, that's worse. I'm like, that's way better than what we did because we, <laughs> we called it reindeer humping and like, we'd wait until it was like 1am. And then like, whenever somebody had like, that ate reindeer, we just make them all fuck. Yep. And like, <laughs> and like try to make as much noise as possible so people will come out. Because a part and of the like, fun was having to run always. Like we that the most suburban fucking trash thing you could do and is uh, along the same lines. We would when it snowed, we would hide behind our friend's house and all have like ice balls. And the second a car would like roll down the street, we'd all crank it and they would like look around and Sometimes it would get out and chase, but we knew all the side like sneaky ways around people's yards from manhunt. So we were like <laughs> impossible to find. And we're like, we're doing guerrilla warfare against other citizens of our city. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all the time, like I, there was a couple things that we did that I'm just like, what the fuck were we even thinking about? Like, we used to play midnight basketball where we just drive around with a basketball and go and start playing in someone's driveway. Like, if, <laughs> like that's like, fucking like, fun. I like that. Playing like hard, like two on two, making as much noise, and then like dudes were just coming out with like baseball bats and shit, and we would just be <laughs> laughing at them. Like, like, the amount of friends, dads, like, like not even friends, but like guys you knew from the neighborhood, but you wanted to go fuck with them, so you go fuck with them, and then the amount of my those people's dads I've seen in their underwear holding a bat is like. <laughs> weirdly high <laughs> yeah oh my god yes and that is like that is something that hearing you say that i'm like that is relatable to me and i don't think it's relatable <laughs> to anyone else i don't think a lot of people have like this fucking eight like stand by me life where we are like probably also the last generation to have like your like my, my and my mom and dad were super strict and overprotective but they would be like, I'm like, all right, I'm taking my bike out to go with my friends. Like, okay, be home at 630. No way to get in touch yeah. with, you know, it's like from yeah. two to 630. I'm just a fucking loose cannon in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, I remember like we were like one time, like we always would like just run across the highway for fun. Like, oh, my God. It, it, that it, was a big thing because we used to go to Brand's Bicycle Shop, which was one town over. And you could take the overpass and throw milkshakes off of it. Or yeah. you can run across the highway like a psychopath and we did that yeah. way too frequently yeah we were like we were running across the highway to like steal baseball and basketball cards from cvs and then like dude hold on shoplift <laughs> all right now we're stumbling into shoplifting because we used to go to brands bicycle shop because they sold skateboard stuff and one person would ask questions and the other person would just like steal as much shit as possible then we started stealing this guy dave so had a company called a uh, store called dave's cards in town and he sold pogs and baseball cards and Marvel cards. And we would just go in there. One person would be like, oh, that's an interesting autograph. He'd turn around and talk about it. We would just be like sweeping shit into our pockets. 
Oh yeah, no, I remember. I like, I remember just like walking out with like just cards stuffed into like my boxers, like definitely South Park boxers because that's uh, my age. And uh, God, like, I remember wearing boxers under jeans and hating it and being like, "There's no if I wear tidy whities, everyone will make fun of me." I will make fun boxers. of you. Yeah, I still it's 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 still this like weird hang up too. Like and uh, like eventually it became boxer briefs, which I think are pretty pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I'm I'm a boxer. That's you have to end up there because I had like I had to get briefs out of my life because it was like the generation of your underwear should show based on the fit of all your clothes and it better be boxers or else you're going to get roasted for wearing the underwear everyone else in the world is wearing. <laughs> It makes no, it makes no sense. The complexes that I have about a lot of things. Like, dude, I, I, dude, too real. The amount of shit where I'm like, dude, tiny whiteies, come on, man. It's like, what? That's like <laughs> what everyone wears. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Stealing. Ste like oh, so shoplifting. Here, here's, here's a big one. We used to shop and this combines two classic bored suburban scumbag things. We used to shoplift lighters and then use that to set things on fire. And yeah. once we used to like take a paper bag, lunch bag and put a bunch of like flammable stuff inside and like a firework two crab apples, like your friend's <laughs> toy or something. And then you would like light it on fire and like throw it somewhere and just watch it burn and see what happened. And yeah. one time I did that at my elementary school. I'm probably in. Oh, it's probably seventh grade at this point, but we're out of my old elementary school. Throw it on the grass, set the entire field on fire. And it's like one full suburb block of like eight foot high flames. Every neighbor is outside their house with their like, I call 911 on myself. Every neighbor's outside with hoses, like trying to put the fire out. The fire department comes. I get taken home in a police car and my parents aren't even home. And the cop is like, what do you mean? Your <laughs> like, What time did your parents get home? Like my mom gets home from work at 730 and my dad gets home at midnight. And they're like, and what time did you get out of school? I'm like, 2.30 or whatever. <laughs> like, so you've just been home alone for five hours? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. I had to go to my neighbor's house, and my I had to sit at my neighbor's house, and my neighbor's dad is like, <laughs> what, what? can't believe you did that. I guess I'll wait for you to your dad to come home so you get in trouble. <laughs> like, it was such a weird vibe. But that's a solid combo of two awful things that I was into at the time. Oh, no, that fucking rules. I uh, That's... That's crazy. I I would often steal like from my jobs and stuff. Like yeah, yeah. Wait, which I, I feel like that that might be the most relatable thing to everyone. Like right. everyone cut. But like no. Uh, so, but this one time, like I, you know, I would steal here and there from Ecker Drugs, which is now out of business. So I feel like I could talk about that. But there are these two diner waitresses who are like a year older than me. Uh, Tara and Lauren and like Lauren, they were, they were so hot. They were so hot. Like Tara looked like Christina Aguilera. You had, you like, had me at diner waitresses a year older. <laughs> like, I'm just yeah. like, I'm in love with these two chicks. I'm like, yeah. Oh, they have boobs. They yeah. have access to mozzarella yeah. fries with gravy. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Of course. The cheese, cheese fries. They had dis, they had uh fake tans, uh, nose rings. It was uh, like, it was crazy. The one girl, Lauren wound up marrying like Bon Jovi's nephew. Oh which, hell yeah! That's like which, by the way, in in Jersey, that means you're a ten. Like I was you are say, that makes her a Duchess of New Jersey in some way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But I remember they were going to like the Bahamas and they were like, oh, I was like, oh, I work at Eckerd. Like I could hook you up if you guys come here. And they they took like seven hundred dollars worth of merchandise. And I was like fake scanning it and like just let them go. And like oh, that's thinking- such a funny thing. They're like, I got the hookup for you girls. You need tampons and makeup. I got yeah, you. I thought like, you know, like bronzer or like suntan lotion. They came in, they got like hair straighteners like they they went off in like the electronic section of a pharmacy. Dude, a, a buddy of mine used to work at Starbucks and I would just walk in and he would be like, order something cheap, but tell me what you actually want. And I just have to ring you up for one thing. So I'd always be like, I'll just have a small black coffee. And he would know that I would want like candy or whatever. You know, he'd fill me up with like yeah. a milkshake thing. But then he started getting braver and braver. And I'd go in there and I'd be like, I'll be like, all right, yeah, I'll take a coffee. Like, great. Ring me up. He's like two dollars, whatever. And then uh, he'd be like, and John, and he would put his stuff out. And stuff, it would be a paper bag, and inside would be like a three hundred and fifty dollar espresso machine. He'd <laughs> be like, John, be like, me, hand me a bag, and I'd walk out with it, and I'd be like, and yeah, he'd be like, he'd call me later, and be like, I gotta come get that. We could put that on eBay, get like one hundred and fifty dollars for it. We were stealing Dude. so much shit, like high level shit to sell. It's embarrassing. Oh. Yeah, at Eckerd, I remember, like, I worked in the photo section. It was, like, when digital cameras, like, first came out. And I remember going, like, coming back uh, and working some weekends when I was in, like, college. And, like, I was just stealing digital cameras and then, like, trading them for, like, weed. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> Prison rolls. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Dude, speaking of uh, fo- photo development, old enough to remember when you had to drop your photos off to get developed and you couldn't have, there was no way to get nude photos because they would just take them unless like in your case, I, we had a friend, Kim, shout out Kim. She was also shortly my hairstylist when I still lived on Long Island and we're still friends, but Kim worked at CVS in the photo development thing. And Kim has seen my dick and my high school girlfriend's (laughs) genitals multiple times as you got to go to your friend. And I'm like, Hopefully she's not making copies, but I do want this nude photo of my uh, high school girlfriend's tits. The only way to get it is to bring them to Kim at CVS to process child porn. <laughs> yeah. So my, yes. oh my God. Yeah. Which in hindsight was child porn. Yes. Yeah. But I was a we, child making it to be fair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a but grassroots yeah, like- child porn movement <laughs> for us by us. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The person who trained me was like a, like a 55 year old woman in the photo department. Like that was the one rule of like, Hey, if we're, you're going to get nude photos. Do not like, don't pay attention to it. Just put it in the envelope. And, and like every time it came up, I was making copies. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, had, I had a small treasure trove of every nude I ever like printed in oh. In the Eckerd bathroom, uh, like in the like the diaper rack at one time, because like in the guy's room, I'm like, well, guy, like no one I know who had kids ever would change their child's diaper. They would use the shit from New Jersey. (laughs) Right. right, So so I put that in. And one day I was not in at work and somebody had to change their kid and they opened the diaper thing and 
just hundreds or like probably like more what 20s or 50s of <laughs> nude pictures fell out that's plenty <laughs> yeah, yeah it's super illegal what i'm doing and also questionable problematic for certain oh yeah oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. man that's so fucking i i mean i don't want to get too into the weeds here but even like all of my hookups and all my girl situations in high school and college were so wildly intense like in front of uh my first blowjob was in front of like at the pep rally in front of the first one i got uh the first one i gave <laughs> hasn't happened yet <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. not saying it won't <laughs> but the first <laughs> the first blowjob i received what a funny way to phrase that and people will be like huh uh i uh was up against the flagpole at my high school pep rally my freshman year of high school from a sophomore the pep rally happens six days in the school. I was like, everyone was like, yo, who is that? And they'd be like, uh, nobody. They'd be like, Gabrus? Yeah, buddy. With like the silhouette is obvious. Yeah. And a girl kneeling in front of me, I'm leaning up. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm blackout wasted. And then I got to just go to high school after that. And I like, don't even connect that. That's like an insane way to live your life. It's like, that's the dude who got head on the flagpole, man. Like, yeah, no, that's like, you I'm would be, honored, the, yeah. yeah, you would be the biggest legend. Like, like and I, I thought the, I, the only issue was that it really set the wrong tone for what my high school experience <laughs> was going to be like a real early win. will fuck. It's like hitting a thousand dollar jackpot the first time you go to a casino because then you're just going to lose yeah. money for the rest of like this. Is how it always works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, not at all, bro. That is a weird fluke. Give it up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that that. That's crazy though that you were the guy because there is always like that first the like the the guy who uh, like I remember very specifically this kid Alex eighth grade field trip like we were on the bus we were going to Hershey Park and uh, a girl Lisa blew him and like we we had like two hours left of the trip and he had told everyone <laughs> by the time we it was like seven thirty in the morning getting a blowjob like yeah. in eighth grade it just. <laughs> Oh, the idea of like a 7.30 a.m. blowjob is so... Dude, that makes me think of something. When we used to have field trips in high school, we would meet up at high school early to get drunk. So we would be... It would be like 6.45 a.m. and we'd all drink a 40 or two and then go on a field trip and be like hung over by like 8.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah, the worst... Yeah, like I remember like... It was like sophomore year, I got in trouble for drinking vodka in a water bottle during class. And then I like... Like looking back on it, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? Like going to math class drunk? Like It was like, such... It was like a weird thing because it was like getting one over on the adults was part of it too of like, well, school sucks, but being drunk in school is funny. So I'll get yeah. drunk and be like... Getting drunk before high school, I can't even wake up at 6 a.m. now for TV jobs, and those pay so much money for one day. Of ag And I'm like, I don't have it in me. But I used to set my alarm to get fucked up before school, to drink beer before school to get fucked yeah, up. Beer, yeah, beer before school. Like, just being, like, so thrilled that you had it. Like, I, yeah, I remember, like, drinking before school. I remember drinking during school. I remember one time, like, for no reason whatsoever, and it, it was, like, one of my mom's worst moments, as, as she's told me uh, for years after, is one time I went to, like, an open house when I was supposed to be, like, uh, like a guide for, like, pr prospective students. 
And I was like, just so high that I got, got caught and had to start doing drug tests every month at school. Uh, But like, yeah, like, I'm like, why did I get high before like walking like eighth graders and their parents around a school? It's like, it it was just something about like, this one's for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You have like no agency as a kid, especially our generation. Like I, I couldn't make any choice for myself. Everything was dictated by my parents or by school. So any like little grasp of something you can get. I mean, I have, I had insane behavioral issues. Like I could not control myself in school. All I wanted to do was make jokes, talk to girls, uh, fuck with the teachers. I could not stop. And clearly I have like severe attention needs. Like that's something like, and no one could like wrap their head around it in high school. It was just like punish this kid. I was grounded so much, even though I was like in advanced and honors classes, just because I would fucking talk so much, not do any of my work that I couldn't deal with it. And it was like, in hindsight, it's like, all I needed was like someone to just be like, okay, so, but you do really like movies and you like are, can talk public speak very well. That's interesting for a kid. Let's harness, not our, not our generation. It was just like, Become a lawyer or a doctor or a cop or a construction worker, a union job. Get the fuck out of here and move out. Yeah, it, it's like, <laughs> no, everyone like the tri-state area is essentially like a Lego world where like there's only like five occupations. Yeah. It's fucking you fall into that. And like, I think it's also because like everyone around you, they didn't go anywhere. They just stayed in their small town. So there's no outside thinking of that. And like your guidance counselor is also from that town. Like, yeah. and he's just like, like, he's, he's not thinking about anything. Like, especially like at our school, it was just like, you got to go to Rutgers. Like that was like, you go to Rutgers and then you, uh, I don't know, you marry anything, like a lady. Anything can happen from there. Once you once you go to Rutgers though, that fucking shit starts printing itself. Yeah. <laughs> life, life just starts unfolding before your eyes. The second you arrive at Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. Like it never, it never dawned on anyone that like, cause I remember being like, so in like seventh grade, I remember making movies with my friends. And one of our friends is uh, this kid, Lou Taylor Pucci, who is like an actor now. And uh, like he was on Broadway and like we made fun of him at the time because he was on Sound of Music uh, <laughs> on Broadway. And like we just made fun of him and like he has now made it. He like won an Independent Spirit Award and all this stuff. And like we <laughs> mocked him for it. And he was like in the movies we made in seventh grade. And like no one, when we showed it to our parents, they were like, "What? This is a waste of time." Like they would yeah. like get upset that we did this. Like, right, right. It, it was such a the Lego job thing is is so real. Like uh, my wife's, we both have two younger brothers. Her brothers are a cop and a railroad worker, and my brothers are a vice principal and a nurse. Like yeah. f- like literally the four jobs like you could choose. And we're like, oh, uh, I, I'm a podcaster meets actor meets. Right. And my wife is a uh, work from home f- custom florist. It's like, yeah. what the fuck are you two doing? It's like they live in Los Angeles. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, California. Cal. They say it like it's a, a slur. My, my brothers, my one brother says it like it's uh, Eden. And everyone else in my family refers to it like it's Sing Sing. They're always like, well, I don't know. You're all the way out there in California. But my one brother is the age where it's still cool. So he's like, dude, Cali life. Like, you know, yeah. like it's like it, it, like and it's so cute to see that. But I'm the furthest person from my my uh, bloodline. Like I'm the furthest away from New York. Like, but my brother just he's 31, just moved out of my mom's house and 
got an apartment in the same town. And my other brother who owns a home has two kids is a vice principal in the school district. We went to for elementary school and that house is in the same zip code as my mom's. It's like as far it's 1.3 miles away from my mom's house. (laughs) Yeah. My, my brother, uh, 29 just moved out of our parents' house. (laughs) Like, but he, he, his job moved. He worked at like the dock, like as in doing logistics at a dock, which I don't know. A dock what it worker is. is like the fifth fucking out Lego yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> he can't even explain what the job is. It just right. seems like he tells like the strong guys to do stuff. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and so now he moved to Allentown, Pennsylvania, and now he just goes back to New Jersey to sleep at my parents' house every weekend. To party with his boys and, and like party with his boys, and that's it. Like they just like he still just like gets at it like every weekend. I never put that together. Kind of connecting what you just said and what we're talking about here, because we were saying like the no one even thinks that you can leave Long Island. It's not even on yeah. people's minds. It's like every like I the, I have a distinct memory of playing NCAA football, the video game, the, the, the EA yeah, sports yeah. game, not the actual sport. I played yeah. rugby in college club sport, of course. And uh, like junior year or senior year, I'm playing NCAA football and it's like, oh, I should start a franchise. That'd be fun. Oh, let me pick a random college to do. And then I saw University of Hawaii was one of the choices. And I had made it to my senior year of high school of my of Marist, a senior year of college of Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York, in the random Hudson Valley, two hours away from my mom's house. I learned that I could have gone to college in Hawaii. We we talk about that all the time uh, when we go to like Malibu and, and you drive past Pepperdine. That's yes. Dude. That is exactly <laughs> me. I say it to Tiffany anytime we drive to because we, we always go that way for Santa Barbara and shit. Anytime yeah. I drive past Pepperdine, I go, if I had to- been told that this was an option for college, I would have tried. I would have tried harder in high school. I would have done 100 percent school. I would have done so well because I also behavioral issues the entire time. Like <laughs> I know. And like, I'm, I'm just dealing with this for the first time now. Cause like I started therapy and I'm like really in the last three to... years, I've really been unpacking what the fuck is wrong with me. Yeah, yeah. Like what happened to me and why? Like, but like, yeah, school, like I fucking hated it so much. But if somebody told me I could like live on the beach like and go to like, just like the nicest school, it's in like the prettiest area. And like Steven Spielberg is like steps away from my college. I would have been there in a heartbeat. I would have tried so hard. And it costs slightly more than Rutgers. Like that's it. (laughs) Mom. But, and then in hindsight, you realize my mom's like, pick one of these colleges. That's less than a three hour drive away. It's like, Oh, okay. I see. You don't want to send me off on a plane. I also maybe didn't want to do that when I was 18. But if, when I was a kid, if someone just like explained to me, like, you know, you talk about movies that people work in movies and, and you don't have to be Tom Hanks to work in movies. You can hold a fucking stick. You could stand and you could watch equipment overnight and you could technically work in the movies. My dad was an IATSE stagehand and like no one even articulated that to me. <laughs> right. Like 
Oh, like I, I found this out later in life when I like moved to New York to do comedy and stuff. Like my mom was like, you know, you could just ask your like Uncle Edward, who is like a teamster, if you want to get it into that. And I'm like, that was never mentioned to me at all. Like yeah. I didn't know I could be working on sets. Like I didn't know like he knew Eddie Murphy. Like fuck <laughs> you for not telling me any of this until now when I'm a fucking dog walker. Like, yeah, I know. Now I'm a fucking temp learning how to comb my hair and wear a suit for the first time to make $75 for the day just so I could fucking survive in this city so I could spend that $75 to have Zach Woods watch me do a Harold. <laughs> Poorly, might I add. Oh, uh, yesterday I went and saw Mulaney and I was talking uh, with my friend who I was there with and I was like, that that first time when I like went to New York, the first thing I did, like when I was still living at home with my parents is I took a UCB class and, and my level one was Mulaney. And I remember he did like this, uh, like when Betsy Stover was teaching us about monologues and stuff, he did a monologue that was so funny. And the confidence of me from New Jersey to go up to this guy, I don't know, who just made me laugh. And I was like, you should do stand up. And then to see him two weeks later, I was humiliated. And it was like, it was the most grounding experience of my entire life. That's really funny. Uh, shout out my uh, level one uh, celebrity, Vanessa Vanessa Beyer was in my level one class in 2003. She had already taken all the courses at Chicago, but wanted to get in with New York people. And I didn't even know about this till years later. Someone else looked up because I, I had a teacher that is, was not part of the theater after that. So my, Shannon O'Neill looked up my first class and was like, Vanessa Bayer. Because, oh, she, Vanessa, is it Bayer or Bayer? I'm probably, it's Bayer, I think. Whatever. Sure. My friend, my friend VB, she, <laughs> he was talking to Shannon O'Neill and Shannon was like, oh, you took level one? How long ago? She's like, oh, a long time ago. And this was like in 2015 when she's on SNL, she's talking to Shannon about 2003. And Shannon's like, do you remember anyone from your class? And she goes... There's this one kid who's like, he was loud and he was very tan and he always had on a bathing, he always had on board shorts and flip flops. <laughs> and Shannon O'Neill's like, I think that's John Gabris. Let me look it up. And she like went back into class and it's like, yeah, that was Gabris. And I'm like, I was working at Jones Beach during the day, getting on the tr Long Island Railroad straight from the beach with just like, rinsed off in my flip-flops and board shorts going in and then doing three hours of improv class at night and in my in hindsight like if i i would later teach level one for a long time if i had one kid in my class who was showing up <laughs> into new york city it, it, like it's the city i'm like you're in flip-flops on the subway and shit dude like i would have talked to that kid and i couldn't believe what i must have looked like as a like yeah. this cocky ass 21 year old so tan frosted tips just coming in and being like i love improv comedy so were, were you were you exactly like you are now too in level one like yeah i was i i've been like this is like not a good sign or a bad sign but i've been like this for entirely too long like i am like i was exactly this level of confident and disgusting and self-deprecating when i first started i've 
I actually can now maybe back it up slightly more. <laughs> like that's it. Like yeah. where I'm like, I'm actually have done enough good shows that I'm like, I can hang. <laughs> yeah. But at the time I still had this level of confidence without any shows under the belt. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Cause I always think like my, my roommate, Nick, when he took UCB level one with Curtis Gwynn, during the graduation show, Curtis Gwynn had to pull him aside. He's like, you got to let other students do stuff. Because <laughs> 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 he was just going in and just dominating every scene. And he was just like a loud guy from New Jersey. Yeah. Like, my my level one teacher, George Bedecker, uh, he, was, he had hearing aids. Uh, that's the only thing I remember about him. He was a little older. And he... On the last day, he's like, it's tradition. After the show, he's like, it's tradition. First of all, in my level one class show, a woman slapped me in the face, like a 40-year-old woman. I was like 21 <laughs> years old. She full-on slapped me in the face in character, and I was just like rolled with it like, ow, or whatever. But he came up to me at McManus. He was like, yeah, drinks after at McManus, of course. Came up to me at McManus, gave me a hug, and just leaned in and said in my ear, fuck off, Gabrus. And I don't know... <laughs> I swear to God, and I still don't know. I told that story to Besser, to Walsh, because they all knew that guy. I would later tell, and they and they were like, "Was it a bit? Did he?" And I go, "I'll give him two outs. One, well, I'll, I'll give him two things. One is an out. One, he was like, this guy is like obnoxious and funny. This won't bother him. He'll think it's funny. Yeah. Or two, I fucking hate this kid. I can't wait to just tell him off on the last day." <laughs> I don't know which one it was. <laughs> that is incredible. I, you know, it's got to be a bit. I, yeah, I, I, I hope it was a bit, but that's just the kind of attitude that I brought out of teachers. Like, <laughs> oh, shout yeah. out to Miss Parla Greco, my high school chemistry teacher, who told my parents if he was my son, I'd love him. But as my student, I can't stand him. And I was like, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I had that. I had. I had my favorite teacher of all time who like still like follows me on Twitter and like likes all of my tweets and stuff. She was very supportive of me. Oh, that's she was awesome. our, my drama teacher, English teacher. But one day uh, she called me a retard. <laughs> like she called oh. me. Yeah, which was like screaming at me because like we made like a video for her class and like it was like kind of, you know, just like it was right around the jackass time. And like, we were all just like hurting each other with like <laughs> yeah. pieces of sheetrock and shit like that. And, and like, uh, man, jackass should have been banned from my house's television as a kid. Dude, it's, it's, still all my that thing. it's still my favorite thing in the world at 40 after years of working in comedy. Still nothing la makes me laugh as hard as jackass. It's the fucking best. I'm obsessed with it. When it came out, I was like, this is my sense of humor. In college, I had a shirtless Johnny Knoxville poster up that everyone asked questions about. The one where the little crocodile <laughs> biting his nipple. Yeah. I, I am upset. And that came out when I was in high school. And we were like, all right, boys, we know what we're doing. Get in the trash can. We're throwing you down a hill on camera. Dude. The the craziest thing, like it was, it was everything to me. I like it was obsessed with it. Hope we're friends. We were obsessed with it. We would like prank drive through people because of it, like like because of CKY. Yeah, yes. we, we were doing we were doing shopping cart shit. We were like literally just shooting ourselves uh, each other with like paintball guns, point blank, like like just being <laughs> fucking assholes. And like it ruled. But then also you don't bring that shit to school. And we totally did. Yep, like, exactly. We're like, all right, let's do it. Let's rub pepper in Johnny's eyes. It's like, we would just do stunts. We, we would do like what we thought was really funny 
But in hindsight, we're just like dangerous. Like we would prank ourselves more or less, like stunt on ourselves. Yeah. I'd be like, watch, I'm going to do a somersault into the table. Oh, my back. Oh, I think the table would break if I did it. Like we just take turns launching ourselves onto the cafeteria table, hoping to do something crazy. Like yeah, because to make a scene, I guess <laughs> you're you're making a scene. Everyone's paying attention to you. That's like really what it all boils down to. Is like when people were all paying attention to you and heard like shit that you did. Like it was so exciting. Like it was uh, thrilling. One of the most legendary things that happened in my high school is my friend, who's now a teacher, so I'll leave his name out of it. Uh, got thrown out of high school, thrown out of school for being drunk. He like showed up drunk, and they were like, "You can't be here. Go home. You're drunk." Went home got a super soaker gun, filled it with beer, came back and started spraying the teachers and anyone who tried to stop them. They're like, we told you to leave. And he would just be like shooting the principal with beers out of a fucking water gun wasted. It was like the funniest that, fucking thing to us. Dude, that rules. Yeah, I mean, like there is like, I remember one time telling everyone that we did this, like, and that was like, I almost got my ass kicked at graduation, but there was this kid, Tom Dutcher, who was like, just this big, he was like a football player. Anyway, he hooked up with this girl I liked and I was like annoyed about it. So like, I remember we went and we went to like a uh, Keyport fishery and we bought a bunch of fish and like, we broke into his car and put it everywhere. Cause they did that in dirty work. And we were like, <laughs> this is going to be hilarious. So like the next day at like graduation rehearsal, all I hear is like, he's like, if I find out who like put fucking fish in my car, that's disrespect. Like you do not put fish in people's car. And I told someone and he found out and like, he like tried to fight me at graduation. <laughs> Dude, we used to move car. We used to move our friend Augie's car all the time. Cause he had like the smallest car. We would like, while he was in class, like 12 of us would pick up his car and place it in a way that you couldn't like pull out of the spot. Like we'd put it like, <laughs> It was just light enough that like we could carry it wherever we wanted to. And then we did it to him so frequently. And he was a little bit of a nut job. One time I wasn't part of this move, but other people were. And they started getting bolder and doing it during fifth period where Augie had uh, a class where he could see into the parking lot. We found out that he could see this. So we were like, we got to do it fifth period. I couldn't do it fifth period. These guys did it fifth period. They go to pick up his car. All start screaming in pain. Augie had taped like kids, uh, like uh, Home Alone style, had taped thumbtacks and fucking razor blades <laughs> all over the underneath of his car. And everyone had like bloody hands and shit. It was like, it's I was like, what the fuck, man? And I was like, and then we would talk about him like, this guy's a psychopath. And it's like, we moved this car every day for like four weeks. We're as bad, if not worse. Like, he's defending himself. He's protecting himself. Uh, <laughs> fucking rules. Oh, man. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty and making me feel better about how awful my child is. Dude, no problem. This is the best. I feel like you and I, we should host a, we, a monthly variety show where the two of us in between just go up and take turns telling a story with the other person <laughs> hype manning through it and like agreeing uh, like that's normal this is yeah normal. this is normal yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like i i will say like right now in my own therapy i'm always like kind of touching on how much of a piece of shit I was in high school. And like my therapist keeps wanting me to go deeper. And I'm like, nah, like, yeah, I, I, I want I'm you not to, ready stay. to be the bad guy. Let's keep yeah. talking about how awful my parents were. I don't want you to think yeah. I was deserving of it just yet. 
<laughs> you get to a point with your therapist where your therapist goes, well, this makes sense. You deserve, <laughs> you deserve this shit. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're a piece of shit, Sean. Sorry. No, <laughs> That's oh, too funny. Um, uh, you have any uh, thing you want to plug here, Sean? You got uh, where can people find you on the social yeah. meds and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. social media, uh, Sean O'Conn's at pretty much everything Peloton, Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Follow him in a Peloton. I haven't, I've got, I bought one, haven't used it in three weeks because gyms are open and I maybe have maybe shouldn't have ever purchased one in the first place i bought it like That's, with one month left in the quarantine <laughs> dude i'm the, the same and i stopped uh i stopped using it because like two people found out i had it and added me as friends and then i saw that you could track how much people work yeah, out, I'm out. And, yeah. <laughs> can't handle this yeah like <laughs> i'm walking yeah. away now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> follow me and sean on peloton uh you know just like when like a writer has a Twitter that they never use, like check that out. Like just follow us at Peloton, yeah. wait for the random update for the one time I yeah. just panic and say, I got to ride this fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Gabrus on all social media. I have other podcasts, but at this point, you know what they are. Check them out. Action boys, Gino Lombardo show, whatever. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty and fucking chopping it up about this shit. <laughs> Dude, a dream. Uh, a dream for me too. Uh, all that's left to say is, Bye, shitheads! <laughs> In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. <laughs> it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. <laughs> yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.